Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Hey Sarah, welcome to the Business Your Way podcast. Lovely to have you here. To start off, I would really love for you to introduce yourself because I can never do justice to anyone's bio as well as they can themselves. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about what you do, who you serve and how you make your moolah. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Uh, my name is Sarah. I am a nonprofit burnout, a digital strategist, and also the 40th certified Notion consultant in the entire world. So I've kind of lived a lot of lives in the past 10 years, but my journey really started in the nonprofit space. And very early on, it was clear that the nonprofit I worked at didn't have systems. And so that was kind of my first introduction to the importance that systems will make or break a business. Um, the nonprofit I worked at, we owed tens of thousands of dollars a quarter because we didn't have a system in place. And so through that experience, I really fell in love with the way that data can can really help us tell our stories in a quantitative way while also helping us really connect with the right audience and, and grow our business. So from there, you know, I had started freelancing, couldn't really find a job, wasn't really sure where I wanted to go. It was the job I had had. I kind of just fell into. That's kind of a consistent uh, pattern in my career is just, I'm very much a yes person as long as things, you know, sit in my values and, and don't make me feel odd. And so I very much am always like, yes, let's go. Like, let's get this experience. And so when I, when I kind of hit my limit, I started freelancing and, the nonprofit I worked at, we had a lot of partners that didn't have a me on their team. At that point, I was running compliance, doing data. I was doing all of our social media, our website, PR, communication, like everything. I was running three departments on my own. So that's a whole nother system <laughs> we could talk about um, in project management. But from there, you know, I really just kind of started reaching out to our partners and would be like, hey, you don't have a Sarah on your team. Let me come film video for you. Let me you know, help build this thing for you. And within three months, I actually had 40 clients. So my first like 90 to 120 days was just outrageous uh, because I was still working full-time. I hadn't quit my job. 
I was trying to rack up as much money as I could. And so I look back full circle now and it's like, yeah, I didn't have time to kind of tiptoe around a system. Like I needed something in place very quickly. And I think that is really what set me up for my career after that, right. And where I am today, because with that, you know, I started freelancing and doing branding and web design and, you know, just tapping into the creative stuff because I didn't know that you could freelance doing systems and focusing on debt. Like I had no idea that digital operations was a career that I could do on my own as a consultant. And so I do what most girls do started building websites (laughs) and, uh, I started doing that in 2018 landed 40 clients and I've worked now with 130 ish clients in 13 different countries over about three and a half year period. And through all of those clients, I know that a lot of you listening are on the established side, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you always work with clients who are established. And that was kind of the consistent theme that I was seeing with everyone that I was working with is they did not have processes in place. You know, they wanted a logo so badly, but couldn't tell me how they were operating and how they were managing their clients. And so all of my design projects actually turned out to be more business development and digital operations. And that was very much like scope creep. I don't recommend anybody do this, but it was building up this idea and bringing back this passion of loving systems and organization. I'm an INTJ to the T. Like I am overly organized, black and white thinker, like A to Z process. And so through all of that, I started to really get burnt out with design work. And I had somebody actually from Ireland reach out to me for my YouTube channel. I think she emailed me seven times before I said yes. And she kept emailing me, please build a notion system for me, please. Like, I don't know how to handle my clients. I don't know how to manage them. And on the eighth time, I finally said, you know what? Fine, I will do it, but don't hold me accountable (laughs) if it's bad. And that was two years ago. It was right at the beginning of COVID actually. And it spiraled from there. And At the time of recording this, it's been about two weeks since I've completely revamped my business and I am solely a digital operations agency now. So we don't do design work and we solely work on building your tech stack and your business ecosystem. So focusing Notion's kind of the baseline, right? So that's where you do the primary work in your business, but how does everything else play into that? Are you using Slack? Are you using Calendly? What form system are you using? Paper form, tally form, you know, type form, those kind of things. So I really come into small teams. That's my specialty, people of 15 and under as a team, and really sit with your processes and say, okay, how where are the gaps at and how can we fill them, but fill them productively. And something I'm really proud of is since the start of my career 10 years ago, I've helped small teams and organizations save over a million dollars in operating costs due to human error based on automation, setup, system setup, all of those things. So that's a really, really quick overview. I'm excited to dive deeper, but that's a little bit about me. I think everything comes full circle. And, you know, I tell everybody that you're always planting seeds in your life, whether you know it or not. Right. Mm -hmm. And so me saying yes to that job at 18, when I had no experience, I hadn't even gone to college yet saying yes to a data assistant job. It's really cool to look back over the last 10 years and see that experience by saying yes 
has brought me to where I am today. So it's, it's, it's a really cool, cool journey I've been on. And we always say, don't we, that action creates momentum. So Mm -hmm. if you're not sure where you're going, just take one action that will move you somewhere, which will then lead to the next action and the next action. And Mm -hmm. that will begin your journey rather than sitting in wonderment. Yep. Um, And I always say too, as long as it fits your values and doesn't make you feel weird, why not do something? Mm. You know, I mean, at 18, I moved cross country by myself for a job. I never even been to Austin. I live in Austin, Texas. I'd never been here before. Packed up my little two-door car, drove 1800 miles by myself. And I've been here ever since. And it's, it's, it's interesting what happens when you just take a step outside of your comfort zone, what really can happen, not only personally, but professionally as well. There was a number of things that you said that I really want to dive into. So the first one was when you said, you know, you had how many clients in the span of 40, you know, 40 (laughs) days, 30 days or something like that. Yeah. So talk to me a bit about how that exploded. You said there for a moment, you reached out. So you did some outreach work. Yeah. But was it totally outreach or, you know, how did that explode in such a short period of time? Sure. Yeah. So I think the the very clear defining line here is that they were not cold leads. So I have never done cold outreach ever in my business. I've been hundred percent referral for five years now. And so the outreach that I was doing was partners that I was seeing on a weekly basis, you know, so the nonprofit I worked at, we did skilled trades training. So HVAC, plumbing, electrical. So we had a lot of partners with companies in, you know, in the city locally that didn't have a marketing person. And so very distinctly, we had a client who, or a partner rather that became my client that did further electrical training. And I would go and film their competitions. Like they would have these state competitions of wiring and, you know, just like setting a house. And I would go and film that. And it was because I was seeing them weekly at our graduations for our classes. I was seeing them at partnership meetings. I also was on a committee within city council for a long time on master planning and development. And so that, I mean, I knew a lot of people. I I had a whole segment on PBS, which is like our government news, you know, local organization type stuff. And uh, I had done an entire segment about women in construction, which really kind of boosted my portfolio unintentionally. And so with those leads, everyone that I had reached out to knew me on a personal basis. And I said, Hey, like, this is how I want to grow my portfolio. I already know what you do, what you have to offer. I'd love to come to this event and do it for you. And that, I think I reached out and maybe worked with, it was not more than five, maybe three or four clients. And from there, the referral, it literally spiraled. I mean, I I could not keep up to a point where, you know, I talk about it now because I, I don't really care a whole lot, but I hated the job I was in. And so all of my freelance work, I was actually doing at my desk at that job. Like I was so organized in my day job that I maybe only had two hours of work a day. And then the other six hours of my eight hour day, I was working on my business. And so that was something I think that really, you know, kickstarted it too, is I wasn't just like tiptoeing and seriously within, I mean, that was March and I quit my day job completely 
the day before my birthday in October. So I, I quit within six months because I was making more money on that side than I was in my day job. Beautiful. It's always good to, you know, see that it is that referral. I mean, I know in my agency, referral is our biggest source of clients and it's when Mm -hmm. they see the work that you do. So it's not necessarily just somebody talking about your work, but it's actually when they've seen and experienced your work, then the referrals come. And the emails that land in my inbox are usually, oh, I saw that you've just done this event and this event. I was really impressed with, you know, XYZ and I'd like to have a conversation with you about my event. So 99% of the emails that drop into my inbox are of that nature because they've seen our work, experienced our work, or someone has referred. So yeah, it's that warm lead referral Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. just can't be underestimated, I don't think. Yeah. And it's interesting too, you know, a lot of freelancers, designers that I have in my network now and I've mentored and and worked really closely with, it's really interesting because there's a constant kind of underlying thing of, well, I've worked with them. Like, why am I going to re-reach out to this person? Like they've already paid me, that's it. And I think what a lot of first-time business owners, and you know, when I say first time, it's like you're zero to two years, you're in your infancy stage, you're just kind of tiptoeing, you're learning, you're getting your feet wet. Is they're afraid to restart the cycle or, you know, they don't have the systems in place on the admin side to solely dive into the experience they're giving to their clients. You know, for me, if I have to take away from my focus in this call because I have to go take notes somehow, or, you know, I don't have a system set up to document things we're talking about or collect your information, then I'm failing as a service-based business. And that's just my personal belief. If you can't give yourself 100% eye to eye with your client when you're engaged with them, then there's really no point in that. I think it's interesting that you touched on is, you know, they see your work, but I think the magic is when that referral is not talking about the work, but the relationship that they've built with you. And that's something that, you know, you either have it or you don't. And I know a lot of freelancers, especially, you know, burnt out from COVID just don't put enough attention to. And I think if people did, they would be much better off in my opinion. Mm. <laughs> I know that's controversial to say, but you know, I, I just, you know, I go out of my way. I talk to my clients regularly, even when I don't have something to share, I'm still like, Hey, how was this? How are you doing? Most of my clients have become my friends because I'm so focused on relationship, not the actual deliverable. And that I think can carry you a lot further with yeah. referrals, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And it is about the relationship because if you have a great relationship with your clients, they will come back and they will refer. Exactly. It's the basis yep. of all good. <laughs> and if you're smart and you have a referral system in place, which I am more than happy to talk about, you can have them referring people to you before your project with them is even up. And that is a consistent in my business. Um, I have one client that has referred me God, probably 18 or 19 clients. And they were referring people to me before, like within the first 24 hours of working with me, which is kind of insane. And they've become one of my number one partners. That's insane. Talk to us about the system, the referral system. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So I've really, you know, like I mentioned, we talk about relationships, right? So my model 
is when the invoice is done, the relationship is not over. So very, you know, high level, my clients, when they finish with me, they're actually required to do a 90 day follow-up call with me. So this is kind of that first like touch level with a referral. So from there in that 90 day call, based on how the project went. So this is the very clear defining line for everyone listening of how you can kind of maneuver this call is if the client was good, but you one can't really figure out what you would do for them again. They don't really need you. Maybe you're like, yeah, I love the work, but like, eh, there were too many red flags. I'm not really sure about it. How you handle this call is, hey, I just wanted to see how the success has gone since we've launched your website, we've launched your, you know, your Notion workspace, whichever service you're doing. Just wanted to check in. How are you? And from there, that's usually when I just make it general and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm booking for Q3, Q4. If you know anybody who wants to work with me, you know, here are the the three benefits I give to people who refer. So for that. I usually do um, like a free upgrade on their website. So when I was doing websites, I would move people from Squarespace 7.0 to 7.1 for free after they gave me so many referrals. Um, I've done free design days, Notion, I'll give you free templates, things like that based on how many people you refer. And with a caveat, that client has to sign on. It's not just email introducing me. But then from there, That 90-day call, if you absolutely loved that client, you know, I can work with them long-term. Maybe let's say you did branding for them because that's all they could afford. Now they wanted to have a website. So you use this call to then pitch further work. And it's not to throw them off guard. It's supposed to be a general conversation of how are you doing? How have things been? I was actually thinking this would be so cool to work on together. I know a bunch of times I've done like special campaigns for people where I'm just like, oh my God, that would have been so cool to do an Earth Day campaign with their brand. Or, you know, I worked with this STEM organization uh, last year in April and I actually pitched to do a pro bono fundraiser for them over Thanksgiving. We have a, well, I'm sure you've heard about it, the International Giving Tuesday day where nonprofits around the world um, raise money. And so I actually did a free fundraising campaign for them and helped them raise about $10,000. And so like, I will pitch things like that. If I'm just like, let me add value. That's the idea with this call is how can you, now that you've proven yourself, add value further to that client. And, you know, it's totally cool if they say no, it's, there's no harm, no foul, but you already have that warm lead. You already have established that relationship. So why are you focusing on cold leads and cold emailing people on Instagram when you have people in front of you that love you. So that's my referral system. I do have a group. Well, I should say, let me clarify. I'm still in relaunch mode. So my brain, sometimes I forget that like I don't have my design business anymore and I'm I'm doing solely systems and operations. But in my design business, I actually had a group of five businesses that I considered kind of a board of directors where for us, it was... These five people have referred a bunch of people to me. They're people that are in my audience, so to speak, that I really respect their opinion. So when we would go to raise our prices, this was the group of people that I went to. And also when I was booking for the next year, I would say, hey, these are the five people that I really want to work with that I know you have a contact at that company. I would love an introduction. And so that's how we utilized our referral system too. And we would meet with that group of people 
like every six months, either via email or I'd get coffee with them. But I think coming from the nonprofit space, I have an organization mind very similar to the nonprofit space, right? You have your executive director, your board of directors, you know, you really, I think, and that's the difference, right? Is moving from freelancing to owning a business and really wanting this business to be sustainable is it's not just your opinion. It's not just what you want. It's what's best for the business. And also having those outside factors be a part of that story and how you're growing. You know, I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't need an investor. It's like, we don't need an investor. You just need somebody that you trust their opinion of having on your business. And that can take you so much further than someone giving you five grand to invest in your brand. But that's just my opinion. So (laughs) I don't know what it's worth, but I do know that it has been very successful for us on many, many levels. So, and it's just the relationships, isn't it? It's just how Mm -hmm. you've how it's working for you in fostering the relationships, having close relationships, um, mm-hmm. and seeing where that relationship can be mutually beneficial. Exactly. Yep. Mm. Yeah. And, it, you know, I think too, it also, you know, inclusion and diversity and impact is really important to me. It, I very rarely work with people who are not minority, who are not LGBTQ. It's very important for me that I carry that forward from my nonprofit work. And so, you know, especially here in the States, especially when like George Floyd was going on in the protests, I actually brought somebody into that network, that board referral board system, if you will, that was a person of color very specifically to make sure that what we were doing was appropriate. That wasn't, you know, we were not using the wrong language, things like that. And so even taking that step, I don't care if you're a hundred million dollar business, being intentional about how you operate, regardless of your incoming dollars will take you so much farther Mm -hmm. from a respect level, from even like your clients, when they see oh, you know, they're, they're choosing to not post this day, or, you know, they're only focusing on this demographic to work with. That says a lot about a company. Um, I couldn't tell you how many people I've turned down because of their views. So, um, you know, just not aligning with mine. And I think that's, that is a system in itself that, that can, that can spearhead those referrals as well. And I agree because, the how you build your business is based on your values exactly um and as soon as you start to work with others who don't align with your values mm-hmm. shit gets hard yep. and the relationships become really difficult and strained and mm-hmm. you end up by having a business that you don't love anymore yep so building your business based on your values mm-hmm. is i think key business lesson number one. Yes. And I think too, not being afraid of what values you're selecting. I don't, I say values, but really they should be principles, right? Because anyone can say, you know, we believe in transparency. Okay. That's great. But like, how are you actually putting that into play within your business? And so your principles and how you act on them are so incredibly important and sticking to them because at some point someone's going to find out what they are and going to hold you accountable. And that can totally break you as a business too. So not being afraid to be like, Hey, actually, I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a prime example. I worked with a client. Well, I'd signed on a client. This was 
last summer, I think. And it was a wedding florist and very distinctly in the strategy call. She said she doesn't work with same-sex couples and doesn't work with people of color, even though she was a woman of color. I ended the call right there and I said, Hey, actually like, I can't, I can't work with you. I'm sorry, but like, this is not, I'm not going to put my name on something that completely goes against what I believe in. So, you know, you have to do that. And you know what? Being able to say that confidently that I'm okay walking away from a $6,000 project. You know, if it, if I sleep better at night, it's okay. Mm. So. Because it is about how we embody our values and our beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what will attract our clients. Yes. Is your values, your beliefs, and that you clearly articulate what you stand for. That's what will attract your clients and it's what will make your business your business. It's Mm -hmm. how you will do business your way and it's what will bring you pleasure in your business. You're in business because you had a passion to do a thing. And for that passion to remain a live fire, you need to be able to work in alignment with your values, your beliefs and your principles and live by them every day in how you work and who you work with. So, yeah, for me, that is core to every business. And you will then never get caught out. You will never find yourself in a space where you don't want to put your name to anything. You'll be proud of all the work that you do, and you will be proud for the people that you're working with to shout your name from the rooftops. Exactly. And I think too, with that, you know, there's a certain level of risk that you take in not just starting a business, but how you're choosing to run it. And I think the risk line for me is I'm going to be risky in who I work with and, you know, those choices within my values and my principles. But I want, once you kind of break through that risk and and you fit into my mold, the process should be like butter that Mm -hmm. I am not a risk factor to then invest in, right? Mm -hmm. People should not be blinking an eye twice when I send them a 20 K invoice because they have already passed through. Yes. They check all these boxes. This is the process. It's straightforward. And that's really what I meant by earlier when I said, you know, people need to get their processes in place so they can spend more time focusing on the experience because they actually become less risky when someone is paying them. And that's one thing you don't want in your business. You know, you can have all the referrals, you can have, you know, the perfect branding, you can have the perfect values and, and your price points are just right. But if you can't nail down those systems, you are a risk factor and people are going to question paying you till the cows come home every single day. And that's something you don't want as a business owner. So tell me of all of the systems that you could have chosen to (laughs) hone in on and specialize in, what Mm -hmm. drew you to Notion? Yeah. So for those listening, I actually come from the Trello world. I used Trello all through undergrad. I used it at my day job, before I started my business, I got our entire team on there. And there was always something missing about Trello. You know, it's pretty straightforward, Kanban views, not hard to use, but I hated that 
you couldn't see a bird's eye view of everything within your system that you had to remember to click in and see updates, click here to see updates. And so I think I had just really been searching for a new project management tool. I think I was on Google and happened just to fall into Notion. And for someone who is neurodivergent, it was beautiful for me in the sense that I could build it however I needed it, more specifically having that bird's eye view and breaking things down further. And over time, I think that that has stayed as true as it possibly could is with Notion, it is an open source platform. And so comparatively to Trello, Monday, um, Asana, those are all box systems. So those engineers are explaining to you, this is how we built it. This is how you are required to use their system. It cannot change. And Notion on the flip side is it welcomes creativity. It welcomes that risk factor, right? Of this is how I run my business. This is how I think. And it's the first time I think to that I felt for once that a, a, a software didn't feel political to me. It didn't feel um, gendered, right? I, I don't know if anyone's listening here that maybe feels this way, but as a woman, especially a freelancing female, I feel very pressured to only stay with women. And that was something that I got from the softwares and in the community. And I wanted a place where I could just be creative and, and feel smart and not feel like I was in competition or better than because I'm using one platform or the other. That is a whole nother argument that I'm happy to make all day long. You are not, your software, your tools do not define you, but they can impact your productivity. And so I had really just found it. It was like, three years ago now, just randomly in the summer. And I dove headfirst and never looked back. And it's really interesting to think about just when you find something that works for you, you know, I tell everybody like, you don't have to use what's popular. You have to use what works for you. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. (laughs) And so that's really, you know, I think that's the other beautiful thing of why I stick with notion is because as my processes have shifted, as my expertise has grown, you know, who we work with and the services we offer, I still fit their mold. Whereas, you know, HoneyBook is so specific on their pipeline and it's a very, you know, specific to photographers. Some branding people are, are using it now, but I've heard a lot of, you know, frustration because it's not for designers, it's for photographers. And so it's been really nice to not feel like, oh, I'm shifting my business. Like I got to go find something else to make it work. And, and that's really where I feel like the magic with them lies. I don't know too much about Notion, but everything that you just spoke about is why I love (laughs) Monday.com. So I fell in love with Monday.com because Mm -hmm. I could customize it any which way I chose. Mm -hmm. I can make it do whatever I want and it just is easy, it's smooth, Mm -hmm. it's visually appealing, and it makes sense. I mean, the event management space which is where I'm at with my agency, mm-hmm. I've tried all of the project management tools, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I'm like, and the one thing I didn't like was being boxed. You have mm-hmm. to use it this way. You have exactly. to do this and then then this and then then this. And you can have this column, this column, and this column. I'm like, but mm-hmm. I want that column and I want it to say this <laughs> and I want it to be like that. And I don't want that but there. Mm-hmm. I want it over here. And so when I found Monday... And was able to then go, 
I can have whatever column I like. <laughs> I can have, they can say whatever I want it to say and right. they can automate and do these other things and I don't have to manually do it. I fell in love. So for all of those things that you just talked about notion, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> when you find a tool that works how your brain works mm-hmm. and is easy to use and yeah, just yeah, changes I think it's, your world. It's interesting. It is. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting. You know, I, I haven't actually been in Monday. I actually had a client call today with someone who uses Monday, who is slowly shifting over to notion. And so I got kind of a glimpse, but I never played with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we think about software and education around software, particularly, you only hear what the majority of popularity is saying, right? So in the design space, it's use Asana, use Dubsado. You can use Dubsado because they have forms. Notion has forms. Notion is literally Google Docs, Google Excel, Google PowerPoint, uh, like everything in one. I can embed a Loom video onto a page. I can actually turn a Notion page into a website, which my personal website is actually a Notion page that I built. You know, with some special coding and things like that. But you know, it's it's when you find again, like you when you find something that works, it doesn't matter who you're paying. But I think it is important to look at your entire tech stack and make sure that you aren't paying for two separate softwares that do the same thing, right? You're you're really slimming down rather than adding on. And I get people all the time that that are in my inbox going, can you please beta test my software? Please beta test my software. I'm like, no, because I don't, like, I appreciate that you're reaching out to me, but what I have works and I'm not trying to add confusion to my own brain trying to see the differences and figure out, okay, well, Notion does this, can this do that? And what do you have to give up if it doesn't do that? And so I think it's interesting when you look at your entire ecosystem for your business and and where all of those uh, responsibilities lie within your tech stack. Because mm. I'm sure you don't just use Monday, right? You probably, I mean, we're using Zoom right now. Mm. You probably use a communication tool, right? So when we think about those things, how do they all interlock and how do those gears all work together in one flow to keep your business moving? Yeah. And I'm always looking at how can I slim down? Mm-hmm. So we used to use Zoom and we used to have Slack. And I'm like, actually, gotcha. Zoom has Zoom phone, Zoom chat and Zoom meetings. I'm getting mm-hmm. rid of the phone system. I'm getting rid of Slack and we're now doing everything in Zoom. So I'm always looking it. to how do you slim down that tech stack mm-hmm. with some tools that are friendly to one another and less onerous on the team. The team don't have to learn a hundred pieces of software because actually exactly. we've just brought three things into one. How can we yeah, slim that down so it's just easier and it flows better and it's less things that can break when you're doing your mm-hmm. automations. So less passwords you have to change. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I may blow some people's minds right now, but my team, we use Notion for everything. We got rid of Slack. We communicate solely in Notion using their comment feature. 
All of my clients, once they sign their contracts, I don't even email them. We have mailboxes, basically databases we built in Notion that act as inboxes. And so we solely communicate with everyone on Notion. And even like Zoom, I refuse to pay for Zoom uh, because I pay for Google and we have Google Meet, right? So it's like, why rack up hundreds of dollars in software, like you're saying, mm-hmm. if one tool does it? And I think, again, that goes back to the education is we sign on to one software for one reason. We may not even know what else the software does because we're not experimenting, we're not learning. And I think if more people did that, they would realize that the tools that they have are exponentially more than they could ever imagine. But we get in the grooves and, you know, we forget. So... Well, and we hear someone say, oh, this is really good for that. And then this is really good for that. And before mm-hmm. you know it, we've got a hodgepodge patchwork of different things because mm-hmm. someone said that's what we have to use or that's good. It's like, yep. let's simplify our business down. Yeah, yeah like really... you're not worth any less if mm, you're not no. using, like the the constant argument I heard when I had my design business was I'm not a valid designer because I don't use Photoshop. I don't use it. I, I refuse to pay Adobe. They have, they just, their pricing model is horrible. I hate it. So I actually use affinity designer and Canva affinity is a one-time $25 buy in the app store. And it is a verbatim Adobe illustrator. You don't pay a monthly fee. You can export Photoshop files And then I use Canva and last year I made over 150 grand solely on those two, but I'm not valid because I'm not using what the industry is saying. And I think that is what is really cool about being in web three right now is you can literally use whatever tool you want and be successful. Again, Mm -hmm. the tool does not make the creator, the creator uses the tool to push themselves forward. And I just wish more people would listen to that. Yeah, it's a tool and we have to find the tools that work for us that produce the product that we are promising to our clients. Exactly. And that is that is the main like that is the main thing that we should be after is a tool that works for us because we're now spoiled in this day and age. There mm-hmm. is a plethora of tools that we can mm-hmm. choose from depending on how you like to work, whether you are visual or analytical or however mm-hmm. your brain ticks. There's a tool for you. And so as long as that tool is helping you deliver your product as promised to your client, then we're good. Exactly. Exactly. And if it doesn't interrupt your client experience, Mm. I'm just going to lay the emphasis on there. (laughs) If the tool is not interfering with your client experience, then it's good. But if you're sitting here and you're missing emails or missing notifications Mm -hmm. and it's, and it is, it is diminishing your expertise and you, you know, leading the charge, drop it, get rid of it or hire a VA to manage it for you. Because again, your client experience is all that matters and the systems that that elevate that. Yeah. And software and systems should be elevating your customer experience. That's the end goal. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I want to I want to really dive into Notion because I've heard so much about Notion, but sure. I have been doing the resistance because I'm like, no, Monday, <laughs> 
Monday does everything they need it to do. It's like yeah. I'm in love with Monday.com. So I've been resisting even Are they going, sponsored? Are they sponsoring no, this episode? No sponsoring. <laughs> no sponsoring. It's just, you know, it's when you when you find a tool that you fall in love with that yeah. makes your job easy, you talk about oh, it trust all day. Me. Yeah. You're talking to someone who is just a advocate, a happy user, and who in eight months, went through the certification program to now be certified in the entire world on a single tool. Trust me, I am. <laughs> if anyone understands this, it's me. I get it. <laughs> I went kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so I've been like resisting, resisting because I'm like, I've got better things to do, but it's intriguing and it's curiosity. And I'm, um, yeah, yeah, I could do that all day because I'm a bit of a you know, a geek when it comes to tools and software. I'm like, I want to know what you do. I want to know what your possibilities are so I can either dive into you or rule you out. Like, um, Sure, yeah. So I want to dive into Notion, what it actually does, what it is, what all of the love about it. Because <laughs> everyone that, you know, I've heard go, Notion, 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 Mm-hmm. they're in love. I've not heard anyone say, oh, no, don't do that. That That's a bad idea. I've heard those people. Um, oh. <laughs> so I think first and foremost, just to, to kind of separate those two people out, right? Again, Notion is open source. Monday is a box software. When you open up monday.com for the first time, chances are you probably have a five-step tutorial that's showing you how to click around, maybe do a few things. If they have a great onboarding process, they probably give you a video and like welcome you to their software. And chances are within 30 to 45 minutes, you are fully operational in that software. Notion can be that way, but most of the time it's not. So I'm not trying to defer anybody you really have to be intentional and want to build a space that works for you. This is not something that, you know, you open and in five minutes it's put together and you're working in it. Could be if you're downloading a template because a lot of us are template creators. There are thousands, if not a million templates out there that you can download. But I think that's that's the also the key too is everyone's brains work differently. And so you may get a hold of a template for someone whose brain does not work like yours. So you may actually think Notion doesn't work for me because I tried this one template and it didn't make sense. And that's why I tell everyone. So I have an operating system bundle um, called Notion for Designers. It is a 40 plus template entire workspace for you that has contracts, proposals, project management, places to upload trainings, to upload designs, um, to communicate with your team. I mean, it's, it's endless, But if you've never been in Notion and you download Notion for Designers for the first time, you pay for it, chances are you're going to be really overwhelmed unless you watch all my videos. And so because there are so many things you can do in Notion, again, it's a doc. So you can have wikis, you can have pages of just information saved. You can build databases in there. So if you want to have a CRM, you want to track your leads, you want to track your projects. I actually teach a method called annual mapping that it's a name convention system, basically, that allows you to pre-book all of your availability take vacation, close the office down, and on the flip side, know at all times what services are selling versus what aren't. So you can flip your marketing as well. So you can do all of that in there. 
you know, Notion is the end all be all, in my opinion, of workspaces, right? So again, you can have, if we're thinking about client management, you have a client portal that you give them all of their onboarding documents, and maybe that's set up as a Kanban view because you want to shift them through things they haven't started that are in progress that are completed. But then you have an entire page dedicated solely to Squarespace training. So this entire page is just Loom recorded videos. So every single page can have a different format, a different layout based on what you need. But then there's also, you know, there's widgets and things that you can embed. So in my personal dashboard, I don't know if you have a Mac, but I love the screensaver of the big clock of the analog clock or I guess, digital clock that like the cards that flip, I have a widget in my Notion workspace of that clock that just sits there and tells me the time. I have a weather widget. So I know at all times what the weather is. So there's a lot of things like that you can do in there. You can embed your Google calendar. You can upload files directly. You can upload images, audio. It it really is an all-in-one platform, but with a caveat, it's a blank page when you open it and you do a forward slash command block to to kind of pick what you need. And so there's a lot of opportunity, but it's not a five minute setup that I think a lot of people look for in software, right? They don't really set that intention of, I need to make sure this works for my business. I'm just going to pick one and hopefully it works. And then they're miserable. I mean, I can't, I can't count on both hands and toes, how many people I've shifted from Dubsado or HoneyBook over to Notion because that's only communication. When you really think about it in a nutshell, like ground level, those tools are solely focused on communicating with your client. Notion does it all. So you start to see your limitations and your gap within your processes. And that's when you start to search for another, another software, right? And that's, I think that's what I, you know, I like to tell everybody too is Notion, you don't have to have everything figured out. You just have to have the foundation set to not be afraid to try it out and experiment. And once you get the basic understanding, which just a little plug, I have a free Notion basics course that teaches you all of the lingo, the foundation, like everything on my YouTube channel that you can just go and watch seven videos. Well, literally by the end of it, well, you can say, yes, I want to use this or no, don't ever let me hear Notion again. And so, you know, you have to just have that foundation. And from there, you can do anything. That was really long. I'm sorry. I'm just, I love Notion. So I just, <laughs> it's not sponsored either, but it kind of is because I'm not only an ambassador, but, you know, being a consultant, but it's just, I've never had a software that I can, you know, I have a jungle in my apartment. I have over 150 house plants. And so I have a full personal dashboard documenting the health of my plants. I I just built a meal tracker for somebody who wants to lower their alcohol and carb intake. So we built a meal tracker in Notion. But then two days ago, I just built a Notion template for a podcast hosting network to manage all of their clients. So, I mean, that's like eight different ideas right there that you can do on the platform. And you just have a different page for each thing. I run personal and professional all in one account. It's really cool. So does your brain have to be one creative to think about, oh, how am I going to lay this out? Mm-hmm. And then two, a little bit analytical to think about how does this all come together and how is it collecting the data and how is it spitting that out for me? So 
does your brain have to be in <laughs> have those two things yeah. you know dialed in for you to then think about oh how am I going to use Notion if it's if you're starting from a blank page, it'd be like starting from a blank spreadsheet and going, oh, how, <laughs> yeah. how do I make this budget? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's easier if you're creative, right? Because I look at anything I build from a visual designer perspective, right? Like I'm building a website. You think about the layouts, the color branding, you know, because you can do like color coding and stuff in Notion. Um, you can add like banner images, all kinds of stuff. And so I think that's a benefit, but you don't need it to make it work. And so again, going back to that foundation, as long as you have what you need, then you can make it pretty after. Now, I do think in terms of the analytical side, I think it's more about the patience, right? And in learning, okay, this is how I do this because differently. So this is a great example because you mentioned spreadsheets, Notion databases, you can write formulas in there, but unlike Excel or Google Sheets, you can do formulas vertically and you can also do them horizontally. In Notion, you can only do them horizontally. So that was a big learning curve for me of someone who's been in Excel for God, 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. And not in, in reprogramming your brain to how Notion works versus how other tools choose to write their code and engineer their product. And so that I think really the patience can come in. But you know, if you're not super visually aesthetic, you know, that's not, you know, you're, you're more right brain than left brain. That's, I think too, where templates can come in. Um, you know, I've, I've downloaded budget templates. I've downloaded daily planners, you know, all of these things that people, um, sell or give away for free. If you're trying to figure out your aesthetic or, or even the analytics side too, right. I bought a template not too long ago of somebody who had made kind of a YouTube creator, kind of template thing for, for developing content. And it was really cool to see how they set it up from someone who uses Notion regularly, but understanding, okay, this is how they connected this and this, that's how it makes sense. But visually, I want nothing to do with this because it's not, not necessarily my style. It just, it's, it's how you present your data that makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. You know, for me too, I come from Tableau. I'm Tableau certified. I use Tableau for several years. I use Spreadfast. I know HubSpot. And so all of those too, like heat maps and things like that, it takes a while to, to understand the differences. But once you get in, I don't think, I just think people need to like take five minutes off of social media and actually learn or watch a video on anything that's new to them and you're golden. So like, for I'm, me, very, I'm like, I'm very particular about my education <laughs> opinions. I mean, it's seriously like when you think about it, right. People all the time are like, Oh, I wish I could do this. Or, Oh, I wish like, man, I wish I could set up workflows in Calendly. Okay. Take the five minutes and do it. Mm -hmm. Like, in, mm -hmm. like in the time it takes you to wish and hope that something would happen in your business, you could probably achieve it 10 times over. And I think that is the key factor. And I sound like such an asshole right now. I'm so sorry, everyone listening. But, you know, I just, I think that is what makes or breaks freelancers moving into business owners mm -hmm. is the intentionality and really where you're putting your time. And a lot of people just don't want to, I, I hate to say this phrase, but they don't want to do the work in terms of what they need to learn and figuring out what they need to learn and improve on in order to hit that next that next level. Mm. So that's just my opinion. I don't know. 
for what it's worth I don't know yeah I mean and, and I I'm the person that goes all right if that's what I want to use then how do I get good at it because there's no exactly. good bringing it into my business and then going oh, I've mm-hmm. got this tool but I, I don't really know how to use it I'm like get mm-hmm. to know how to use it like yeah you're going and I think to invest, that's the difference. invest and that's exactly what I was just going to say is if you are spending money you need to shift your mindset in your business of this is not an expense, it's an investment. Mm -hmm. And I think that is an entire mindset and system in its own. If I'm spending, what is is Zoom now? Like $25 a month. Mm -hmm. If I'm spending $25, anything over 20 bucks a month, you bet that I am going to learn everything I can. I'm going to talk to customer service just to introduce myself because you never know when you're going to need something. Calendly, I had two Calendly accounts I was paying for, and I know their terms of service. They don't do refunds, but because I'm very nice and I've had conversations with them, I I got a refund because you know because I learned the process and I'm nice about it. But that's really shifting your mindset that what you are spending money on into it is an investment for my business. Mm-hmm. And if you can't justify that then you probably shouldn't be using the tool at all either. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's something that my business coach said to me a couple months ago of does potential equal profit? And I think that that is so valid towards systems too, is if this system or software has potential, is it going to make you money? Is it making you money? And if it can't, then why are you using it? You know, just like me, I hate Zoom. I'm not using it. Why am I going to invest in it? <laughs> not investment for me. It's a headache for me, you know? So I think that that can really, really shift the way you look at software, the way you look at your digital operations and your systems mm-hmm. and, and really, really build you up and build your team up too, right? Because when mm-hmm. you look at, when you look at something as an investment, and you you remove that complaining factor from team meetings or whatever, you know, that can that can really boost your team and your productivity and and giving them the option too to say, hey, this software doesn't work for me. I want to use this, allowing them to learn and then teach your team. And, and you know, having that responsibility, I think, is is incredibly important as a leader, right? Because there's a very high difference between being a CEO and being a leader that I think the learning factor is a huge component of that. So and as we move from freelancer to small business owner to mm-hmm. put it moving ourselves into the role of CEO and leader of our business there's a journey that you need to go through but ultimately mm-hmm. you still have to have the oversight as to the tools and the technology that are in your business mm-hmm. and are they returning the investment are they aiding to the productivity, the efficiency, and the ultimate customer experience. So even though you've moved from the freelancer of doing everything in the tool, Mm -hmm. I think that is to your advantage once you have begun to build your agency and now you've got a team and now you are in the CEO and you've got oversight of the business, but you're not necessarily in the weeds doing the work anymore that advantage that you have of understanding your tools and how they contribute to the overall efficiency and productivity of your business will make your profit and your bottom line so much healthier because you have invested your time to understand the tools that make your business work. 
And I think even further trusting the people that are in the weeds now for you. That mm-hmm. is the the number one key, right? Because when you were in the weeds as a freelancer, maybe you had one to two contractors here, mm-hmm. they're kind of helping you out. You're still doing the majority of the work, right? And so this process worked for you. This was something that I had to learn very hard last summer before I started hiring my team was, you know, I know what works for my brain. I know what works for my kind of turnout, right? So last year I designed 29 websites and 15 full brand packages, not including my notion builds, not including day rates. Like I had a new client every 10 days in my business because I knew I could handle that. But when I started getting in a team and hiring, you know, more contractors and I had a VA and all these things, I had to learn what works for me doesn't work for everybody. And I have to trust that the person I'm choosing to hire can make their executive decisions within their own role to say, this needs to shift or this tool actually is outdated. Here's this one that is way better and trusting the people that you are spending hours and hours hiring to actually do well when they're in the weeds, no matter if you were in the weeds six months ago or six years ago. And, and that's, you know, that was a big reason why I left my day job is because people who weren't in the weeds, weren't getting it and didn't want to learn. And that's why I see so many businesses fail now because they don't trust their team and, no system can fix that <laughs> at all. No system can fix that if you don't trust someone to to do what you've hired them to do yeah. and shift it, right? They're yeah. they're auditing their SOP and and filling those gaps that you may not have known as your own freelancer, but you have someone coming in and that to circle back, just full circle back to the referral system that I have. That's why I had that because you can only see what's in front of you and having a network around you, they can see the entire picture and be able to see where those spots and those holes are that you probably can't see. But it's working with your clients that also helps you see the holes because they bring fresh eyes to what you're delivering and their Mm -hmm. feedback helps you identify your holes, your gaps, your you know, you just, you're so, I wish so many people would not be afraid of the feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. I, God, Mm -hmm. that just like, you said that I'm like, Oh, I feel it in my soul. (laughs) Like, I just wish that people would be just like open to hearing like, Hey, this wasn't great. Or this was great. I literally was on a discovery strategy call with a client today who was like, Hey, this this wording you have on your sales page made it sound like this, but because I knew you, I knew it wasn't that. But just here's some quick feedback in case someone is thinking about buying this offer and has never engaged with you. I'm not going to take offense to that. That's going to make me more money. And I think mm-hmm. so many people, especially people who are in that zero to two, three year mark that aren't as confident yet in their systems and in their process are so afraid of feedback. And I love client feedback. I hope you tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) You know, I hope you tell me I need to improve because that's, what do you have? If you're constantly being told, I'm great, this is great. Like you're going to get burnt out and bored. Mm. You're going to be bored out of your mind because you're not growing, you're not evolving. Mm. And that's, 
as a service-based business, you should be evolving, right? Mm. Cause you know, it's, I man, Nothing feedback ever static. is a the, whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But the world isn't static. And as a business, exactly. we can't be doing what we were doing five years ago or 10 years mm-hmm. ago. You know, I've been in business 20 years. And if I think back to what I was doing 20 years ago and what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. I have the same business, but they are like yeah. night and day. And that's exactly. because the world's evolved. So you have to mm-hmm. evolve and you have mm-hmm. to get more sophisticated. And the tools available to us now allow us to automate so much more in our business to be better at what we do. Mm-hmm. And when a client says to me, yeah, that I would love to have more of that. Or mm-hmm. I thought if we put this in here, that would do this, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's that collaborative conversation with the client that you're like, mm-hmm. oh, let me take that and let me implement that across the board. And then everyone's going to benefit from that. So, yep. right. And that's, yeah, like what you're saying comes back to the relationship because if you feel a certain type of way because a client is saying, hey, what about this? Right. Trying to be collaborative. If you're feeling, negative, whatever, because that that's on you. Mm. And I will say, you know, I've had some, I've had some projects where it's like probably not the best, you know, collaboration. And that's again, where feedback comes in. Right. Mm. Cause you have some clients who are like, you know, make it pop. Oh my God. I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard make it pop. Okay. But that is, that is where feedback loop comes in. And this is another system I have. I only asked my design clients two questions. Does this resonate with your ideal audience? Why does it not? I don't care if you don't like pink. If your ideal audience is working with millennial women, mommy bloggers, you're going to have pink in your brand. Like it's (laughs) just a given, right? But you know, it's so you can only take client opinion so far, but you also have to be willing to have those conversations just so people feel heard. That's all that people want is to feel included and to feel heard. And if you are being standoffish and saying, I got your strategy, leave me alone. This is what we're doing. I'm making this decision. Then chances are you don't have referrals coming in. You don't have that system set up because you're, you're being intrusive, you know, and man, man, oh man. Man, oh man. This is why I don't do design anymore, y'all, because ah. I just, I, so many politics, <laughs> you know, because it's all subjective, right? Like, yeah. especially we're talking about collaboration. Art is subjective, whereas digital operations and systems is black and white. This either is working mm. for you or it's not. And mm. can't yeah. be suggest like you can do the design stuff in Notion. I've never actually had a client say they don't like the aesthetic I've created for them or like the layout, but past that it either works or it doesn't and that's mm. that's it's the functionality key right there. yeah exactly it's functionality exactly. does it do functionality it over do? fashion yeah <laughs> but it, it's functional and it saves me time and it helps with my efficiencies and it gets transparency across the team that's what exactly. we're interested in as business owners is exactly is it creating the efficiencies so my team can be productive so I can increase my bottom line Exactly. Yep. (laughs) Like done. Done. That's it. Like, and that's how it should be point blank, you Mm. know? Yeah. But man, yeah. I mean, and that's how my brain works too, is like, it is either black or white. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it is. it will work or it doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, does it need fixing or ditching? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. If you take, if you take the noise out and can clearly say something works or it doesn't, then you're good. But if mm-hmm. you are distracting yourself by the noise, I, I like to say like the meat and potatoes, right? The juice within that. If you take that out, it either works or it doesn't. But when you add it in, you can be so distracted of, Ooh, this is pretty, this is a pretty tool. Or, you know, I feel a very certain type of way about Calendly's new branding. I hate their new branding. I also hate Gumroad's new branding and I feel very visceral about this, but you know, their product works. So, you know, I may, you know, you take that noise away and it's like, okay, like this actually good payment processor. It's a great marketplace to sell. I'm just distracted by all this stuff. It doesn't mean it's bad. So mm-hmm. I think that's something that a lot of people, you know, you have to decide for yourself when, when you're putting your software and your tech stack together. Beautiful. We could keep talking all day, I, know. I am sure. <laughs> <laughs> so many things to talk about. And I mean, oh, have me back. I'm happy to yeah. come back and talk more in another episode. <laughs> My business is multidimensional, right? That's multidimensional, but it is not siloed. They are all mm-hmm. intertwined. They all interact all parts of business from team to tech stack to visual mm-hmm. appearance to functionality, efficiency, and profit, and all of the things. They're mm-hmm. all intertwined and how you put it all together is so individual to the business owner that, yeah, we could talk all day around all things I business, know. I know. <laughs> I know. I love it. But I think I think that that's, you know, it, I'm very focused on education without a paywall. That is my primary focus. No matter where you come from, no matter, you know, the financial status you're in when you become a business owner, it should not be difficult to learn things. And so I could talk for hours and hours and hours about just different methods and, and ideologies and systems and all of that. And I'm happy to do that. So if anyone needs or has questions, feel free to send me a note and I'm happy to get coffee with you and chat further. Nice. That's beautiful. So Mm -hmm. that is so lovely to have you here and talk about all the things, systems I get my geeky hat on and (laughs) (laughs) go really deep and get really curious and inquisitive around why someone prefers one tool over the other. And like, I don't think it's right or wrong. I'm just interested to know the rationale behind it and why, why, and why (laughs) the Um, why. Yeah. The why (laughs) I'm going to put all of your contact details into the show notes. So people want to reach out to you. They want to know more about notion. Mm -hmm. They are interested in, you know, where to find your free training on how to get started with notion. We're going to put all of that into the show notes. So if anyone listening is curious about notion, then you know where to go to get all, all the information. I am the Sarah Loretta on everything. It doesn't falter. It's spelt the same everywhere. So anything you need. And I tell everybody that too, is I'm very particular on how small my audience is. I don't, I'm not trying to grow massively because if I don't have time to have a 30 minute conversation with you, I'm, I'm not doing something right. So literally when we say like, you can reach out to me, please feel like you can, like, I will respond to you. I manage my social media. So yeah, like feel free to reach out any questions that you have. I'm happy to, to answer. 
or just chat. If you're just like, Hey, you know, we're cool. Like, let's do it. Let's get coffee. I'm always down for friends. So nice. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for your time today, Sarah. It has been so good to have you on the podcast and have this conversation and yeah, I will have you back and we'll choose another topic to dive into. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. I'm I'm here for it. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, everyone. I appreciate the invite and being here. You're welcome. Before you go today, I wanted to say thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All of the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes. Or if you like to read a really good blog, then you can head over to my website at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. Now you've probably realized that running a business is not for the faint hearted. There are challenges coming at you left, right and centre every day. But I'm here to tell you that challenges are only challenges because you haven't yet found an answer to them. The solution could actually be easier than you may think. But if you're anything like me, you tend to overthink or overanalyze the solution that is right in front of you. So what do you have to do to become the best boss you could possibly be? Well, you could go and take my two-minute free agency owner persona quiz at sandrajulian.co forward slash quiz. Here you'll find out how you can scale and streamline your business without compromising you and your lifestyle. I can't wait to know what your results are. So once you've done the quiz, why don't you take a screenshot, jump over to Instagram, share it on your stories, and don't forget to tag me. I'm at sandrajulian.co. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you hit the subscribe button to get notified of the new episodes as soon as they're released. And if you listen on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app, then I'd really appreciate if you could rate the show and perhaps leave a quick review if you are on the Apple app. Those five stars would mean the world to me and it would help get this show in the ears of more online service business owners. Alrighty, my friend, have the most productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.